This is Coffee Number Five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Thank you, everyone, to be back in Coffee Number Five today. I hope you have enough coffee with you because I feel that you're gonna need all that coffee to have this call that we're gonna have right now. Is this talk with Jenny Chang? Did I say it right? You said it perfectly. Okay, wonderful. Jenny is an amazing treat of all sorts. I mean, I don't know how to say it. I mean, she does so much, but something that I'm impressed with and is her party planning. And being a party planner, I mean, I'm a former producer. I do marketing, but doing a, an event is a whole different level. It's, and anyone can have an event. Anyone can invite a few friends and hang out but have a successful event is completely different so welcome jenny thank you so much for having me i'm so grateful i'm so grateful so okay first of all tell me a little give me a little backstory how did you get in this event planning because you have between you and i we need to be a little crazy to do what we do hey no absolutely you gotta definitely have a chaotic mind and chaotic energy absolutely Um, so I actually was 19 when I started my event planning firm, uh, rockin' events and it's based out of Los Angeles. And I essentially just started this company out of a very strong passion, uh, for working with people, working in love and working in parties. Right. And so I decided, I was like, you know, I kind of had no experience in this industry or whatnot. And I decided I was like, I'm just going to like basically start this company. Um, but it all happened because I was being rejected by so many event planning firms. Like everyone was rejecting my resumes. No one was really giving me an opportunity to like exercise my internship ability or anything like that. So I decided, well, I'm just going to start this company on my own. So I did. And um, now, uh, gosh, and it, I'm so ultimately grateful for this company because it's expanded to four other companies that I've started because of rock and events all within the experiential industry. And, um, obviously, you know, it's just been so crazy lately, but, uh, it's just been, it's one of the funnest industries that, you know, anyone could really be in uh, high pressure, but it's one of the most rewarding. And, um, I'm proud to say that I'm, I'm now to this point where I'm an experiential director and I get to really kind of orchestrate so many of these different vibrations of events, uh, all while being able to expand um, my event firm to as many states as possible. So I mean, it's so much work to do an event. So this is what we're gonna, uh, I love the small talk about uh, doing chit chat about the things right. and, and exchange tips, because there's yes. so many things. The first thing I think you need for an event besides a date is a list. You know, I think one of the first important things when starting an event is to a understand, you know, why we're having this event, right? What is the mission? What are we trying to create? What are we trying to cause? What's the cause and effect being able to produce such a vibration? Uh, a lot of our clients are anywhere from like corporate events to social events, and everyone has this one mission, right? That they want to be able to volumize because of that experience. And so it's obviously, you know, getting to the logistics, you know, um, but I would agree with you. I think one of the most important things as you're starting is, you know, a attach the reason and what that attach the mission of the event to 
uh, the logistics, right? How, how important is to have a theme? I think uh, it, it is very important. I want to say that it's at least like 30%, right? You know, whether it's a theme or whether it's, you know, bringing together like the company culture, right? Or brand, bringing a brand to life. Yeah. That could be a theme in itself. Uh, but themes are important because you are basically creating an experience out of that theme, right? So we're not just putting like Halloween ghost stickers on cups, right? We're actually trying to create like a haunted experience to and bring that to life. So I think that when you have a theme, it's important as it helps navigate what that experience is going to end up becoming, you know? Absolutely. To me, having a theme is or it's part of the brand, like you said, but mm -hmm. it's, you know what you're planning. If you right. don't have, like, we call it the marketing, our core beliefs. Mm -hmm. the, the, the core, what the experience you want people to have, you're like a virgin canvas. And right. it's like, where do I start? You have to have right. something that you can grab and you start creating from there. Exactly. Exactly. That's true. And I also feel that um, you know, it's, it's kind of like this web, you know, it helps kind of navigate the vision of what it is that's going to be brought to life, you know? And what about the budget? How important is to have a budget? It's, that's a good question. I always say to clients that it's not really the number that I focus on. It's what I do with that number. That's going to make a world of a difference, right? Yeah, but you, you need to know mm -hmm. what you're working with. You definitely have to have a good range of what it is that we're working with. But if you work with an event designer or a producer, you're essentially hiring someone to be able to create one of the greatest visions with any budget given, right? So absolutely like, but mm -hmm. you need to know what you're counting with the worst thing you can do is to tell the people oh i can do all this and they say well but uh, i cannot pay for that so. exactly exactly so whenever we're discussing budgeting with clients in the event field i always talk to people and i say all right so what is the ballpark you know and then what i always kind of reassure them of is whether that ballpark is realistic for what that mission is going to be ultimately or even vision specifically so absolutely and okay, so now that we have a budget, a, uh -huh. a list, a theme, how we start? Where do we start? We start with the venue. We start with okay. the destination, right? Okay. So we need to have the foundation of what every event is going to be built upon, right? Okay. Um, so the first phase that I always walk my clients through is finding the right space for their event. Uh, and of course, right, when you get the space, you get the dates, which is the most important thing, right? Yeah. When it's all going to happen. So. Yeah, dates are important and also depends of, I mean, of course, you're not going to have a beach thing outdoor in the middle of the winter in Boston. Agree. Agreed. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, we always think about that destination, you know, what are we building everything around? Um, going back to talking about budgets, uh, you spending, you know, investing in your budget, like venue specifically attached to food and beverage is always going to be about 40%, 40 mm -hmm. to 60% of your yeah. overall budget. So that's the number one spot. That's the number one thing that we start with. Something that I found really important planning mm -hmm. events is mm -hmm. transportation, how people right. are going to pay parking. That makes a whole experience also. Of course. And it shows how much the host cares about the comfort, the experience of all the attendees. So transportation is so important, but we are very fortunate to be living in this generation of experiences and events because yeah. 
there's so many different types of transportation types and companies and new transportation, um, you know, innovations that are really helping this process, you know, be a lot more timeless. For example, I had a party, it was uh, the last end of the year party uh, before uh, pandemia, uh, and it was a great spot that um, a, a company that I was invited oh. to send it. But okay. they were, first of all, I had to park. Okay. in another lot and then I had to get a bus to take me to the lot that was annoying already because I mm. went to my husband and I want to leave earlier mm-hmm. so then I okay so what I do I over then it was really far from where everyone lived oh. it was like in a hill and also was an event venue that there were like 20 other parties at the same so you will go to a bathroom, but there will be people from other party. It's like, what party you are from? And so you cannot do that chit chat. Oh, oh, who do you know? How do you get here? How do right. you know? I mean, because that's a small talk that you do at the party. You are like in a, this huge line of people that you don't know. And right. it's just the experience wasn't right. And I would have appreciated a smaller place, a restaurant. You need to know who your crowd is. Absolutely. You need to know your crowd. You need to know exactly who you are, rep- you know, throwing this for. And actually, lack of transportation and logistics planning will actually be the result as to uh, whether you're going to have more attendees the next time you throw an event or not, right? I mean, there are different kind of parties. You have the business parties that you have to do it with the target audience. Right. That you want perspective buyers or whatever. But when you have also a social event, mm-hmm. you need to understand these are family, friends, and there are many different age groups. You need to accommodate everyone. I always say that planning bar mitzvahs are so much harder than planning a wedding because in wedding, except a few like little kids that they are the sister or brother of the bride of the groom, that's right. it. In a bar mitzvah, you have little kids, middle kids, the teenagers that they don't want to do absolutely anything, but they True. were forced to be there. Then you have the, the parents' age, and then you right. have the grandparents' age. That it's, was really, really challenging. Yeah. No, you know, that's a really good perspective. That's a very good perspective. That's very true as well. I agree. Nowadays, you go to a wedding and they're like, no kids. <laughs> now uh, like- and uh, you know what it's make make it much easier because True. okay let's gonna be talking about this like now right let's talk about seating assignment okay let's do it that's i think the worst <laughs> first oh. to create them but then you have the last minute people who cancel right. or oh i come in actually with another plus one because you know what happened to uh, my, in my son's bar mitzvah someone signed um uh, send us the RSVP car uh-huh. with his, uh, that he was coming with a daughter, a teenager oh, daughter. So okay. a teenager daughter went to the teenager kids and this older person was, went with the adults. What happened? He showed up with the girlfriend instead of the daughter. Oh, come on. That's you, just, seriously. That's just disrespectful. I was able to pull it off because being me, I refuse to have a party planner yeah. or even a party assistant the day off, mm. but I, I had to switch it up. So glad. Can you imagine the poor woman sitting with the teenagers? No, that's a little weird. Yeah. Did you ever confront him? No, but no. it was that. Yeah. And you know what? So what do you suggest about planning assignments? How do you plan? 
You know, I, funny enough, so I, you know, my company doesn't really, we, we, it's so rare when we're doing seating arrangements because we're not throwing events for ourselves, but we're always the ones telling our clients how to do it. I think the best tip is just, you got to be able to compartmentalize very well, you know? Like you really have to know, like you said earlier, you have to know the people that you're inviting. You have to know who your target is, right? Whether it's for a wedding, whether it's for a bar mitzvah, whether it's for a corporate event, you got to know who you're inviting. And so you want to be able to group people um, kind of just by category, right? You know, specifically, I would honestly, if I were to do it myself, it would be based on like who I would want to like have network together, you know, but also like creating a familiarity. Yeah. Create um, connections. That right. Will work. Right. But definitely don't do it by age. You know, I think people get a little weird when like they go to a table. But there are other considerations. Like, for example, you want to put uh, people that maybe they are more that they don't want to be close to the dance floor. That, of course, location of seating is important. It's But really important. In terms of like, I feel like sometimes when you just group everyone at the same age, unless that's like literally the tribe, you know, that's like literally yeah. the group. I think it kind of gets a little bit. Some people get offended by that nowadays. Is Maybe. Yeah. I mean, people get offended. So it's a little bit. They, they can be get offended. Oh, you, you put me too far from this oh right. you put me with talent with that one on the table but i thought I, i'm closer to you than this yeah. other person that it was with me it's difficult enough i agree so in my second son's bar mitzvah you know what i did no sittings i just see the lounge and some tables and oh that's so brilliant just people eat and mingle Sometimes it's better to keep a very casual setting like that. So it just the event is just constantly flowing. People are moving around, you know? Yeah. And also something that I found very interesting doing events mm -hmm. is like maybe having in the middle of the events, there is putting something like a show, a magic show mm. or a moment that people can slow down for a bit. I absolutely agree. Okay, and the other thing are movie montage. I mean, I know everyone wants to have that, but people, please don't make it 30 minutes long. 30 minutes is a lot. I know you love every picture of your life. You love every picture that's the time <sighs> that you guys been together in a wedding or your kid, but 30 minutes is too long. Right, and I feel like nowadays it's like, You know, it's it's something that could just go on in the background. Like if that were to happen just as like a like as part of a cocktail experience, you know, it's kind of nice to just like for the people that want to pause and really appreciate it. But like to make it a whole like theatrical event, yeah. it's just it's not as it's not as uh, timeless. You no, know, it's not. It's just, right. You want someone to live and the party and say, oh, that was a great party. Exactly. Right. And people are going to remember the food, right. the drinks, and right. then little things there. You do not need to overdo it. Right. Like, okay. So last thing I'm going to ask you about this uh, tip, party okay. favors. You know, I'm going to be, uh, yeah, I'm not really crazy about party favors. I'm going to be real with you. We don't really promote it as much unless you're, you're making it very creative. You're making it an experience, you know, like mm -hmm. let, let's say that, you know, the favor is basically someone plucking their escort card, you know, and that escort card is like a tarot card, you know, and that yeah. it's like, you know, something cool, like, and then they get to take that home and it has their name on it. Uh, that's, you know, like, but, but to, to do the whole like mint. I'm exactly the same as you. I yeah. agree with you. Like 
my sons for me. So and I go out to this experience because I did the whole thing and I, right. I, I wanted an experience for people. And of for my, my kid, he loves books. What I did, I went and I bought uh, used books and all the table, uh, the center pieces were used books. And I got like really old books. Anyone can take the books home. Oh, that's nice. Kind yeah. of like a free-for-all. I like that. Uh, yeah. And the sitting arrangements, like their books, bo- bookmarks. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That's cute. I really like that. You can be creative, make it affordable. And I mean, and taking a solid book, something real is taking something valuable home. And yeah. I mean, it really warmed my heart seeing all right. these little kids taking books home. Yeah. I know. And what I love about that is that you took something that your son loves and you're able to expand that to everyone that's there. And for a lot of the people that don't know your son, the way that you know your son, they got to learn something new about him, you know? Because what are you going to do? You're going to put flowers really in the centerpiece? No, no. You did it. I think you did it right. That's what I think. Anyone who makes an an event needs to make it memorable. Right. Of course. So- I'm going to ask you for three tips. Okay. Three giveaways of how to make an event memorable. Well, that's a great question. The first tip that I'm going to naturally, I mean, it's just very intuitive. I want to say is uh, don't bring an image to life, right? Bring the person to life, bring that person's love of life to life, like to life. And I say this because now we live in a world where we have so many inspirations and so many resources like Pinterest and Google and images for days where we can just gain so much inspiration. And I think so many people um, consciously or subconsciously are just trying to bring that specific image. I will say don't copy. Like I always say marketing, don't copy other people's strategy, make it your own. Of course, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, whether you're planning a party for yourself or planning a party for other people, you have to get to know that person. Right. So like, for example, I would always say this in my wedding plans. I would always say, I don't want to bring like your Pinterest photos to life. What I want to do is get to know the couple so well. I want to know who they were independently and who did they become interdependently? Who did they become because of each other? And I want to bring that to life. That's beautiful. Yeah, because I want people to walk into an event and say, this is so them, you know? I want them, I want, if we're choosing a venue that's booking over a hundred events a year, I want that one day to feel like it's that, that couple's home. And, and that place became unique right. just because of them. Exactly. So that's one of my biggest tips is, you know, ask the right questions that are going to drive, you know, ask the right probing questions that's going to generate the right answers and use those responses to be able to design and create something miraculous. You know, another tip that I would say is, uh, let's say I want to kind of pull something logistically. Um, don't worry about the creative part until you get the logistics down. You know, I developed just, I I handcrafted this phase. It's a five stage event planning journey. And the first three phases are all dedicated to logistics. The last two uh, revolve design. Everyone kind of, when they think about planning an event, they think it's just like bringing up, you know, they just, they think it's just so creative and it is, but what's the point of 
getting into creativity if it's not even, you don't even know if it's possible. You know what I mean? I have a something, something else. Too. Okay. 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 Because I know all these people, you know, when you get the list of guests, because creating a guest, a list of guests is hard. I know people, they create tears. To me, it's kind of odd. You have the people that you want to invite. You invite them. If they were in your bill list, it's because you didn't want them so much. Yeah, yeah. That, that's all. That's uh, this is all very accurate. So do we really need to fill up the space? or? And, and, and that's the thing. I, I think that, you know, there's so many different elements and there's people like when you're planning an event, like you got to look at the investor. You know, normally the, if the investor is the one paying like parents, let's say for whatever reason, they're going to want to invite their friends, you know, and those end up being like, you know, primary too, right. Along with like whoever's actually, but the way that I see it is like, yeah, there's a tier A, B and C list. Um, and actually, uh, C list don't really make it until like that month of, you know, like they're kind of like fillers, right. Yes. Uh, filling the space. So, you know, that if you got it a month before you're a ceiling. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I, I, I don't, and I never really get these invitations, uh, to last minute, but if I ever get an invitation that's last minute, I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not going to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a C-lister. Yeah. <laughs> And then, of course, you got the A-list and B-list. And I, I think that B-list tends to be a little bit more on, like, the group of people that are, like, extensions of the A-list, you know? Mm-hmm. Plus ones or, you know, someone that you haven't talked to in a while, but you would feel bad if you didn't invite them kind of thing, you know? So, it, yeah. it's it, But it, it's, a, it's a real thing, this, like, tier system. It's a very yeah. real thing. It sure it is. Jenny, thank you so much for having coffee with me today. I love having you here. And people, you know how to go for more tips and tricks. And we're going to put all the chapter notes with any way to find Jenny. And believe me, there are many ways to find her. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you soon. Thank you for joining us. If you like the show, remember to leave a review. I will really appreciate it. If you want to know more about marketing and myself, follow me on Instagram. My handle is Lara Schmoisman. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.